let's bring on my dear friend, your amazing online pastor, a man who is a brilliant person who has done more research than I can even fathom between his volume one and volume two and his third volume, The Spirit of the False Prophet, I believe lands this summer. Lord willing, we'll uh, briefly mention that. Um, If you have not picked up The Spirit of the Antichrist, volume one or volume two, you need to go ahead and do that. And uh, so let us please welcome to the Life Clips family, Dr. J.B. Hickson. So hello, J.B., how are you? Doing well, Kim. A uh, long time no see. Really enjoyed getting to hang out a little bit with my family mm-hmm. and introduce them to you in Orlando. I assume you made it safely back. I did. So we first met really officially in Claremont. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So I got to see you there in that church and then uh, met your two daughters. I didn't meet the grands until Orlando. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, adorable. And then you gave a shout out to everyone on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, that was great, which we're not on YouTube this week. So we're on Rumble. So that means we can talk freely. We can say vaccination. Yeah, say Pfizer. We can say Fauci. Yeah, we can say death jab. We sure can. We (laughs) can speak freely. You can even talk about Donald J. Trump if you want to. Well, I don't want to turn our listeners off right here at the beginning. It's okay. You know, (laughs) we're going to get to him. Yeah. Um, But before I do that, I do want people because some people may not. Um know you or they may not really know like everything about you okay so jb here on the screen you're uh not by works ministries not by works.org uh that's a great picture by the way really like it yeah yes and then here are your podcasts where people can find you so what exactly do they need to find and what will they be hearing on these podcasts? Yeah, so we have we're on all the major podcast uh, providers, and so uh, you can either search for Not by Works Ministries on your favorite uh, podcast uh, provider like Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora, you, you name it, uh, Amazon, uh, or just go to notbyworks.org/podcasts on our website. And then that's the screenshot you've got up on the screen right now. They can click one of those uh, banners and it'll take them right to our channel on that podcast provider. Uh, Everything we do uh, week to week and day by day uh, becomes a podcast. So every interview, every message, every conference message, uh, we've we've done five interviews uh, just since I got back from Orlando. You know, this is number five. So yeah, it's just uh, the Lord's really opening doors. And so, to whatever extent we can, when we are on a, a TV or radio show, if we can get the uh, the file, we will repost it as a podcast just to, to let our audience uh, have it. So uh, when you subscribe to our channel, as I'm sure your listeners know, then you'll be notified every time we upload any new content. And that's, you know, six, five, six times a week usually. Awesome. Yeah, I know you're busy. So thank you really for taking time out. I know you had something else and I was like, go do it. We can just reschedule. But you like I were too excited and you're like, we're just going to let it roll. So you are a VIP (laughs) podcaster. So you're always going to get top billing. Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) Me and all my wonderful subscribers. We like our little small little niche that we're in. So I'm going to promote you just for a little bit. Is that okay? Well, how can I say no to that? (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. So here on the screen, this is the book we are uh, discussing tonight. You don't have to click here for details. That was just a screenshot I took. So my apologies. But we are discussing Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1. We already did that uh, months ago, so feel free to go in the archives look for that. But then we also have Volume 2 that we also discussed, and there were some things that we left out um, because of the YouTube algorithms and nonsense. Um, but then let's speak about JB, please. In the summer, Lord willing, what do you have coming out next? Ah, well, so first of all, for those two books, uh, folks can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and uh, you can see the table of contents for each volume and the full preface for each volume. You can read it to kind of get a sense for where we're going. And then uh, we're, I'm working on uh, my next book, which will be number 12, uh, and it's going to be called Spirit of the False Prophet. And uh, the subtitle is Hacking and Tracking Humanity. And so I'm going to zero in on sort of the digital technology, AI, the biodigital convergence, a lot of the stuff that we touch on in a couple of chapters of volume two. But we're going to uh, dedicate the whole uh, book to that uh, topic because, you know, the false prophet during the future tribulation will be the one that is tasked with, uh, you know, controlling society, controlling commerce, controlling everything. So we're going to take the biblical teaching about the false prophet. And then overlay that with what we see happening in the world today, and it's going to be it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty power packed uh, book. So it's it's not technically going to be volume three, it's but it's going to be the same theme, same kind of cover theme, but it'll be called Spirit of the False Prophet rather mm. than Spirit of the Antichrist. So I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully we're still here. Um, if not, listen, no offense, but I'll take the rapture. Amen. Over, I hope we're over not volume still here. three. Yeah. So, but if we're still here. Okay, and I think you said summer. So what is that? August, I think. Well, yeah, actually, the the target release date is October. Um, so mm -hmm. Fear of the Antichrist Volume Two came out uh, October thirty first. So I'm trying to you know keep up my writing schedule up where it's about one a year, one every eighteen months, depending on the book. So I'm hoping to finish it up in the summer, and then it takes you know a couple months to do the uh, post production and editing and getting it all in its final form. But I would look for it sometime mm -hmm. in October. Yeah, I don't know how you find the time to do what you do. I don't. <laughs> no, it's, it's exhausting. Overwhelming. It really is. But uh, it's too important of a subject to, um, you know, to not to sound the alarm and, and be talking about uh, these great last days of deception. Absolutely. Well, look at that. Did you know that I was going to talk about that book? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> okay, so here's another one of JB's uh, books. So please go out and get that one. And then here's the final one that you did a whole long series on that as well. What lies ahead. So let's make sure guys, we go out there and we purchase these, uh, especially volume one and volume two. They are absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And uh, two books that I'm probably going to go back and read again, and again, and again. So all right. Well, we're going to dive in. Is that okay? You bet. And let me mention something that um, just for your listeners, it's just kind of popped into my head. Um, if they decide to purchase it, if they'll make a note when they, there's a place to put in notes on the order form. Um, a lot of times people will say, Oh, Hey, you know, really looking forward to this. Or I read volume one, looking forward to get volume two. But if they'll make a note that they heard it from you, I will actually sign them for, you know, for them. Uh, which we're happy to do that anyway. And sometimes people do ask us that, but I'd love to just kind of get a sense for how many of, of your listeners are, are reaching out. And so let me know and we'll, uh, we'll endorse the book for you. Oh my gosh. Well, look at that. There you go. And I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, that is, you know what? I'm, that is, wow. I feel very special right now. Well, you know, you, you are a great blessing to the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, it's it's so neat that uh, the Lord allowed our paths to cross. And you're doing yeoman's work out there, sounding the alarm when so many people are not. Some would differ with you. I'm not very liked amongst some people, <laughs> but it's okay. I keep pressing on. Yeah. All right. So the reason I wanted to quote um, on page 134 is because it kind of leads into really the vaccinations. And I do want to say this really quick. I, I don't think it's just COVID. And we're going to get to that on one of these um, bullet points that I'm going to ask you. But vaccinations isn't just shame on COVID. The vax is bad. I think in general, and we're going to talk about that, they're all kind of bad. And they've all been bad for years. And this one, of course, is terrible because of what we're going to see. But I do think that this pharmacia, as you talked about here on 134, is going to lead to something. So let me just read this real quick. And again, this is on page 134. In the end times, Babylon will use this pharmacia, this sorcery, this drugging to help deceive the world. The book of Revelation tells us, quote, for your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. Revelation 18, 23. Notice the word merchants. Quote, for your merchants were the great men of the earth. End of quote. In Greek, merchant means traveler or specifically one who travels by ship. Who are these great men of the earth who will travel far and wide using drugs to control the earth's population during the seven-year tribulation? Could it be that Satan will use pharmaceuticals as the key tool in his efforts to deceive the world during the Antichrist future reign? Is he using pharmaceuticals today to set the stage for the tribulation? So again, I wanted to quote that and then kind of lead into, I heard something um, over the Orlando weekend that I never knew about Pfizer. So there is a money aspect to this drug as well. So two things, number one, kind of leading into that, what I just read, and then the money aspect of the vaccines, because again, there's going to be a complete divide, I believe in the tribulation, there's still going to be very wealthy people dominating the planet doing their business. Um, but I did not know, JB, that Pfizer was actually bankrupt. And now they're a billion dollar booming whatever so can yes. you speak on that yeah so dr richard horton uh is the editor of the lancet which is one of the world's most prestigious medical journals he's been the editor since 1995 uh, they have offices in london new york beijing uh, but he is on the record uh, and i actually quote this in the book as saying that much of the scientific literature perhaps half may be simply untrue and aff uh, afflicted by studies with small sample sizes, tiny effects, invalid exploratory analyses, and flagrant conflicts of interest, together with an obsession for pursuing fashionable trends of dubious importance. So nine out of 10 pharmaceutical companies spend more than on advertising than they do on research. And, and, and to your point, it's a $335 billion a year industry. So, you know, you follow the money and now we know, and we'll probably get into this uh, tonight, uh, that at the tip of the spear, the Luciferians that are literally taking their marching orders directly from Satan and pulling the strings, 
they have satanic motives for what they're doing to try to take over God's creation and rule the world. But down the line, uh, there are other motivations which are predominantly power and money. So, you know, these guys that are, uh, you know, in positions of power, like Alex Azar, who was the Health and Human Services Secretary under Trump and had been a top level uh, executive for Eli Lilly, one of the huge uh, big pharma companies, you know, they're in it for other reasons. And and so you know, there's no question that uh, Pfizer is uh, is now, you know, you know, multi-billion dollar uh, company. And, you know, that's that's there's a lot of anecdotal evidence to this. That's one of the reasons why they were so uh, resistant to allowing ivermectin and some of those other uh, drugs that are, you know, pennies on the dollar uh, to the, the COVID uh, gene editing bioinjections that they forced on the public. Uh, but it's because they don't make as much money off of them. The patent had run out and they they were not really able to make the money off of it. Hmm. Yeah, I my jaw was on the ground when I heard that with Pfizer, because then that really put a lot of things into perspective for me um, regarding that. So I have to remove all my posty notes. Um, OK, so let's move on here to the dangers of the, the vaccinations. And I'm going to, again, quote from page 144. But I also would like for you and I don't know if I put this in our show notes, but. Um, and I know it's going to be a little off topic because I really want to focus on the literal dangers of this COVID vaccine that we're going to get to. I just kind of want to set the stage a little bit. I truly believe vaccinations in them in, in, in general are, are terrible. I didn't vaccinate my dogs. And you can you go in, in detail a lot about the dangers of the vaccines. And uh, I wish we had time to kind of sit here, but we don't. But as far as the aborted fetal line. People say that's not true. But then you sit here on page 144. And guys, I really need you to listen to this because our kids are being overly vaxxed. Absolutely. So it says in 1953, 16 doses of four vaccines were required for children two months old to age six. By 1983, it was seven vaccines and 23 doses. Today, it is 14 vaccines with 49 doses by the age of six and 69 doses of 16 vaccines by age 18. There are hundreds of new vaccines waiting to hit the market. This increase in required vaccines correlates with a marketed increase in childhood health conditions. I believe one of those is autism. So speak upon that and then we'll move on to our next. Yeah, no question. Um, you know, the, the, the government is doing a, a really good job of continuing to promote the lie uh, and to try to debunk the truth, uh, which you can't do ultimately. But, uh, you know, the, the CDC even released its own. They didn't release it, but it was uh, leaked out their own internal study that showed that uh, there was a you know undeniable scientific correlation between uh, the rise in autism among vaccinated children versus unvaccinated, and so uh, and several doctors, credentialed doctors and scientists, have been on record, written books about it. Of course, they try to you know slam them and uh, you know uh, discredit them and attack them and uh, all all kinds of other ways. But there's no question that. In 1976, one in 30 children experienced learning disabilities. Today, it's one in six. Well, what's the difference? Uh, vaccinations. In 1981, one in 20 children had asthma. Today, it's one in nine. 
And of course, autism is, is skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the CDC itself, in 1975, one in 5,000 children had autism. In 1985, it was one in 2,500. 10 years later, one in 500. Today, one in 50. Now, that's not a good trend. Um, And, uh, you know, there's just, I I cite several sources in the book that uh, kind of are smoking gun evidences that this is, uh, you know, know, uh, the case. There was a whistleblower Mm -hmm. who, using a FOIA request, uh, discovered this this internal unpublished study that proved uh, from within the CDC itself that there's a connection between vaccines and autism. And it showed that vaccinated children are seven times more likely to have autism than unvaccinated. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah, and I've known people, you know, I've been you know, studying and, and writing and speaking about the dangers of vaccines for many years. But, you know, I, unfortunately, we woke up kind of late to all of this, frankly, even though we were, you know, a Christian family and I was raised in a Christian home. So was my wife. We didn't really wake up until about uh, 16 years ago. Uh, and by then, most of our children, we have six children, most of them were beyond the vaccination age. And so, you know, we feel deceived and, and feel terrible about that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and by the way, I tell the story in, at the introduction to volume one about how uh, I woke up and what the Lord used to kind of break me free from the deception. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's just no question that uh, these the studies like the the, the 2017 study in the Journal of Translational Science that, again, was peer-reviewed scientific study, and it showed that, you know, the risk of being affected by anything along the ASD, the autism spectrum disorder, was 4.7 times higher in vaccinated children. So four times, five times, seven times, doesn't matter. All of it is off the charts and exponential. And it's, you know, it's, it's just unreal. It's 400%. In other words, you know, mm. factor of four is 400%. So, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that, you know, if you read my uh, chapter on eugenics, or if you listen to my podcast, I, I posted both of my messages from the Orlando Prophecy Summit as podcasts. Uh, to get the video with all of my visuals, you'll have to go through Prophecy Watchers, but you can listen to the audio. Uh, and I encourage your listeners to go back and listen to the podcast just from, you know, again, less than a week ago, this past uh, Friday, uh, and it's entitled Bloodlust, uh, the Luciferian Love of Death. And um, and so, you know, I talk about how they are doing everything they can to depopulate the earth, and, and it goes beyond just depopulation. There's a there's a satanic element to it where they actually mm-hmm. do have a bloodlust and they uh, love death. Um you know, several uh, passages of scripture that I shared at the conference uh, kind of make that case. But the Bible says, uh, for example, that uh, the, 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 all those who hate God love death. Proverbs eight thirty six. Yeah. Um, David says in Psalm 37, 32, that the wicked spies upon the righteous and seeks to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Satan's a killer. Jesus said he's a murderer from the beginning. So it should not surprise us that his earthly accomplices are you know, loving death and seeking to, to kill people as well. Absolutely. So I just want to say this, for those who are watching this on video, for those listening on the podcast, unfortunately, you cannot see. Um, I want people to know that JB is just not like some just fly by night, just, you know, flippantly is just coming up with stuff. This section in my hand, literally, this section right here is the bibliography. This is, yeah. this is research guys. Okay. I don't know if you can see the thickness in that camera. 
Yeah. But so, this isn't someone just coming out, just making stuff up. Yeah. Let me add to that. So volume one has 38 pages of bibliographic citations. I haven't gone in and counted them all, but there's easily, I don't know, 30 citations per page. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can do the math. Volume two has 66 pages of bibliographic citations. Now, you know, I come from an academic background. I taught at the highest levels, graduate level uh, for 12 years, uh, at the baccalaureate level for part of that. And so, you know, I, I value research and I have written books that have tons of footnotes in them, but we chose intentionally to make these books not have footnotes so that, so as not to distract the reader. Cause you know, if you always are looking at the bottom of the page and reading everything, mm -hmm. it breaks up the flow of thought. And I wanted to reach a broad audience of, of lay people and academics alike. So what we did instead is every citation that I give in the book is, is introduced by something like, well, as you know, Bob Smith says in his December 13th, 2021 article in People magazine, and then mm -hmm. I quote it. So then all you have to do is go to the back in the bibliography and look for that author's name or that speaker's name, and you can find the source. So we want people to do their own research, uh, contrary to what the elite are telling you to do now. They say, mm -hmm. just, you know, just trust us, you know, trustfactchecker.com. Mm -hmm. We want you to do your own research and validate everything I'm saying. Don't just believe it because I say it. But I promise you, with between the two books, well over 100 pages, uh, which would be 3,000 citations if you do the math, uh, there's there's plenty of evidence to back up what we're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I just um, hearing you in Claremont, you know, I think because I doing this was just different and even watching some of your messages, but actually hearing it and looking how you put everything together. So you are definitely um, anointed, gifted, um, however you want to word that. I was very impressed with your preachability skills. <laughs> preachability. <Yeah. laughs> I think I just made up my own word, but that's fine. <laughs> um, okay. So am I quoting on this page yet? I don't even know. There's so many quotes. I could just quote, I can read the whole book. We can just have, you know, book time here. Okay. So page 151, given the unprecedented and untested nature of the technology behind this so-called COVID-19 vaccines, it is utterly, utterly stunning how many people blindly got in line to get the injection without a second thought. Mm. Then again, I love this sentence. Then again, perhaps it is not all that stunning given the level of deception in the world today. I do want to say this and hopefully you can speak upon it on my community wall on YouTube. I did post, you know, that you were coming on and we're heading to rumble, da, 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 da. Absolutely. Great feedback. Everyone loves you getting excited. One lady, I don't remember her name. She unfortunately got the vaccine. She's now re and her whole family. She's now regretting that decision. So before we get into what I just read, because there is a grand deception right now, and we're going to talk about the untested facts, and then I'm going to play some video content. But can you give, I, I do believe firmly that God is also, um, you know, he's not this mean guy sitting on a judge's bench saying, you got the vax, you're going to hell, um, or now you're going to die. So there are consequences, unfortunately, for getting the vaccination. But I do believe that some believers were duped into it because of the fear um, aspect of it. So can you just encourage those people who may have gotten, whether saved or unsaved, that are like buyer's remorse, technically, and especially for the saved, do you think that God is hearing their cries and they can be saved from anything to come of this? 
Yeah. So first of all, we know the, the Bible is very clear that the only means of gaining eternal life is through faith alone in Christ alone. Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead. And anyone and everyone who places their faith in him as the only one who can forgive sin and give them the gift of eternal life will be saved in that moment. You, you get saved the moment you believe the gospel. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you have passed from death to life and shall never come into judgment. So uh, although taking the vaccine is, is dangerous, it's not healthy, it's something that I would never recommend anyone do, it has no bearing on your eternal destiny. Uh, so that's something we want to be clear about. Uh, and we have a section in the book that talks about vaccine remorse as it relates to the COVID vaccine. And uh, I've uh, got the chance to visit with Lee Merritt at one of her conferences uh, and, and meet her in person. And she has a, a great deal of information on her website about what people who've gotten the vaccine and regret it uh, can do. Uh, so we need to be you know, clear that you can't undo the past. Um, it's not so much to me an issue of sin, because again, a lot of people uh, you know, took the vaccine unwittingly. Not They believed the lie. They were deceived and duped. Um, I did a podcast early on in the pandemic, not long after the vaccines came out, in which I addressed the issue of should Christians take the vaccine? If you go back far enough in our podcast, uh, all of them, there we have over 500 a podcast. Uh, in fact, we're just about by this weekend, we should cross the half million mark on downloads, 500,000. So wow. uh, if you go scroll back down and just look through about maybe a year to two years ago, you'll find it. It's called Should Christians Take the COVID Vaccine? Uh, and I think the answer is no, you, sh you never should. But in the same way that my family and I early on were duped into believing you know, science and believing medicine, which, as as I talked about this weekend, really, you know, changed around the turn of the 20th century. Medicine today is completely unlike what it was for 5,900 years until 100 years ago, 120 mm -hmm. years ago. Uh, you know, many people similarly were duped into taking the vaccine. So uh, it's more an issue of not so much sin as it is, you know, danger and the physical health ramifications of it. Um, now, I don't want to get too far afield of where you're headed with your outline, but I do want to also mention that, you know, the, the and we have data to support this, that the vaccines that were put out by the major manufacturers, the Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, of course, they had different lot numbers, different batch numbers. And just to show you how diabolical the Luciferians pulling the strings are, they didn't make them all the same. And there's data that has correlated the VAERS database, which I know we're going to get into, and all the adverse effects and deaths that have resulted from the COVID vaccine with the batch numbers of the manufacturers. And it seems that most of the dangers came from a select number of batches. And so that is to say that not every single vaccine, you know, dose or, or vial, if you will, of the COVID vaccine was deadly or dangerous. Most are, many are, um, but not all. So you know, pray that if you took it, maybe you got one of the ones that was a placebo or that wasn't as tainted with uh, dangerous chemicals. Uh, but even if you did, you know, God's bigger than all that. Uh, but you can't undo the past. What you can do is look forward and, and make, you know, a commitment between you and the Lord that you will never allow the government to coerce you into sticking mm -hmm. a needle in your arm to take some untested, unproven, and what has now been proven unequivocally uh, to be an extremely dangerous uh, chemical. You, you just, you don't want to ever do that. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of our take on it is that uh, you shouldn't do it. If you did it, you know, don't look back. Uh, don't take any of the boosters. Don't take it again. And don't let anyone else take it if you can help it. 
Agreed. So with this untested facts about the vax, I want to do is I want to play this video. I know I sent you a montage of what we'll be playing here today. And then after that video plays, I'm also going to play, and that's maybe about four minutes long. So I do apologize for the length, but I didn't want to take it out of context at all. Between Joe Rogan, there's no cursing, and um, Sanjay Gupta. So I do want to play these two videos and then have you speak. Now, the one video we're going to play, not that I care because we're on Rumble, um, is actually from, you know, a well-known news. I'm, I'm not saying reputable, but well-known news source. And then the second one from Joe Rogan. And the Joe Rogan and Sanjay, that's a pretty older interview, but it's very in important to the untested. And Joe, I think, could have given a little bit more. I don't know if you saw that interview. Did you ever see that interview with him and Joe? I mean, no, uh, I Joe and Sanjay? No, I didn't. Very good. I think that Joe's sometimes hard to listen to because he curses a whole heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, outside of that, I think Joe Rogan could have given Sanjay a little bit more pushback. Um, but he did catch him, especially in what we're going to do here. The CDC finding 16 to 24-year-olds who received the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine have experienced higher than normal cases of myocarditis and inflammation of the heart muscle. Myocarditis symptoms can include fever and fatigue, shortness of breath, and chest pain. The CDC said the higher rate of cases occurred especially among young men following their second dose of an mRNA vaccine. But notes the reports are rare, given the number of vaccine doses administered. If there's a study that shows that young boys in particular are more likely to have an adverse reaction to the vaccine than they are to catching COVID, why was there a study that shows that? Yes, let's find it. Find that study where it says uh, young boys more likely to have an adverse reaction to the vaccine than the COVID. We were just I'm, talking about it. I mean, the myocarditis um, data, yeah. I know, which is what a lot of people have focused on. You know, it was about it was about 16 times higher with the disease than with the vaccine. Well, now, I don't I don't know what other we'll try to we'll try okay, to find right. this. But my point is the same attitude that you have about not being worried if you catch it because you're vaccinated. A lot of people have that not being worried if they catch it because they're young and healthy. Here yeah. it is. Boys more at risk from Pfizer jab side effect than COVID studies suggested. U.S. researchers say teenagers more likely to get vaccine related myocarditis than end up in the hospital with COVID. So. Uh, if you have a child and you read this, don't you think that you would be hesitant to vaccinate a child that would most likely cruise through COVID with no issues, specifically if they're healthy boys? Well, the, 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 I think, yes. So I think you, gotta, you do have to compare apples to apples a little bit here. So I think what this is saying, Joe, is so if you just said, if here, here's the question, what is your likelihood of myocarditis from vaccine versus myocarditis from the disease? It says here, the children with uh, boys aged 12 to 15 with no underlying medical conditions are four to six times more likely to be diagnosed with vaccine-related myocarditis than ending up in the hospital with COVID over a four-month period. Right. Yep. That's... Well, that would make me very concerned. A lot of the kids who got myocarditis after the vaccine did not end up in the hospital. That's part of the thing. They could be treated as an outpatient. They got steroids. They did not need to but be hospitalized. But we don't have any idea how that's going to affect them long term, correct? That, that, that is true. That will, I think when, when you raise that point, that's always going to be a fair point because but until we have with four to six times. The, the, this is, this, the, the absolute risk versus the relative risk, is, it's a real thing. But I think if the question you're saying is, look, I'm worried about myocarditis, period. 
how likely is my child to get myocarditis from the vaccine versus from COVID? Mm-hmm. Okay, not just, hey, how likely are they to end up in the hospital period from COVID, but just how likely are they to end up with myocarditis? I think, you know, like if you were to ask the question, how likely you'd end up in the hospital after a vaccine versus how likely you end up in the hospital after COVID, that would be a fair comparison. What do you think is wrong with this comparison that they're making? Let's put it up again so you can specifically read it and tell me what's wrong because I feel like you're kind of cherry picking here. No, no. Because it says the data suggests that boys 12 to 15 with no underlying medical conditions are four to six times more likely to be diagnosed with vaccine-related myocarditis then ending up in the hospital with COVID. Ending up in the hospital with COVID for anything, right? I mean, that, that, that's, there are two different groups of patients here. One is specifically myocarditis. Right, but ending up in the hospital with COVID over anything would give you more data. Yeah. It would give you more instances. Right, so, so I, I mean- but That would make more people hospitalized with COVID. Your, your example falls the wrong way. So, so right? what, what I'm saying is that most of the people who got myocarditis did not need to go to the hospital, is what I'm saying. That they, 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 they were treatable outside the hospital. Right. So you're saying that it's okay that they got myocarditis because no, no. they didn't wind up in the hospital? Joe, no, no, not at all. I'm not, I'm not saying but that. But it doesn't even say that. that it doesn't say that. But that's, it doesn't say that they're not hospitalized with myocarditis. It doesn't say that. It, right. That's it says the point. 86% of the boys affected required some hospital care. Okay. So that kind of went on for a little bit. A uh, great interview, seriously, if you want to take time out of your so not busy schedule. Um, just Joe, again, I think that was the only time he kind of gave really pushback. So the reason I wanted to play those is because clearly in your book, right, there was untested facts about the vax. So the reason I played those two is clearly, I think, from the get-go, they kind of knew what their plan was. And then I think when people like a Joe Rogan or you, cause you're really not on YouTube, when people started pushing that envelope and wanted to know facts. So just talk a little bit about the two videos that we saw and then the untested facts about the vax. Yeah. So one thing to keep in mind, which is just amazing to me is that spirit of the antichrist volume one came out March 21st of last year. So it's not quite a year yet. Uh, volume two, of course, came out in October. So it's just a few months been out there. But back then, a year ago, I made this statement uh, in, if I can read it from uh, sure. from the book. And I, after quoting multiple experts, and by the way, there were even back then, there were hundreds of thousands, not an exaggeration, of doctors and medical professionals throughout the world that were on record holding huge conferences and press conferences and whatnot, sounding the alarm about this, but mainstream media silenced them. And in many cases, they lost their licenses and things like that. But I cite many of them. And then I summarize it here. So let me just read this quote. And then it's the last sentence where I make a comment that I want to zero in on. So I say, to summarize what these experts are saying, one, there has never been a vaccine for a SARS virus in the history of vaccinology until now. Two, the so-called vaccine for SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, is not a vaccine. It is an experimental gene editing bioinjection. Three, the COVID-19 vaccines, again in quotes, were rushed to the market in a matter of months without the usual decades-long studies to ensure their safety. Four, 
The early reports from vaccine adverse effect tracking systems in Great Britain and the United States have shown that the reported cases of serious injuries and death resulting from the COVID-19 vaccines are orders of magnitude greater than the adverse effects from all traditional vaccines. And five, no one has any idea about the long-term risks and dangers of the COVID-19 vaccines because they've only been on the market a year or so and no long-term studies were conducted. Now, here's the key. I say, and again, this was a year ago, yet if the disastrous short-term results are any indication, we may be looking at deaths in the millions a few years down the road. And Kim, that's exactly what has happened. And, you know, now it's common knowledge. Now even the CDC and even mainstream media is retracting the things that they said, just like they've done with masks and just like they've done with, you know, the, this uh, PCR tests and everything that, you know, trustworthy researchers were out there sounding the alarm about has now proven to be true. And mm-hmm. you know, I checked just before we came on tonight, uh, the latest reports from the VAERS system. And, and for those listeners who don't know, VAERS, of course, is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System uh, that was put in pra- place in, uh, what was it, 1995, I think. Um, anyway, you know, just looking at the COVID vaccines alone, there have been 1.5 million adverse effects reported, of which that includes 34,576 deaths. Now, you know, when I said a year ago that we could be looking over the next few years at millions of deaths, remember, there was a Harvard study that was done that showed, and I cite this in the book, that the VAERS system actually only represents 1% of the real adverse effects because of the unlikelihood of people to report it or them not realizing that the sickness that they were having was a result of the vaccines. So if that study is accurate or anywhere close to accurate, then in reality, what we're dealing with here is 3.4 million deaths mm. from the COVID vaccine, you know, since it came out. Mm. So, I mean, I know those numbers sound hard to believe, but again, you know, we've got 26,500 reports of myocarditis and, and to hear Sanjay Gupta you know, you know, tiptoe all around and, 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 and Joe Rogan try to hold him accountable. I mean, so what if they never went to the hospital? Myocarditis is a very serious, often mm-hmm. fatal disease. You don't even have to be a medical doctor to know that. Just look it up. And so, you know, when these young men primarily are getting myocarditis because they took the vaccine, you know, the fact that they didn't have to rush to the hospital right away, what difference does that make? Right. Uh, and I love the way Rogan said, you know, are you saying that it's okay if they got myocarditis? Well, no, no, that's not all I'm saying. But, you know, we've got 5,000 miscarriages, 18,000 heart attacks, 63,000 people permanently disabled. We've got shingles. I just got an email again from someone today asking to be put on our prayer alert list uh, because they came down with shingles. And, you know, uh, anaphylaxis, uh, Bell's palsy, almost 7,000 mm-hmm. reports. And again, these numbers are skewed way, way, way on the conservative side. Mm-hmm. And lest you think this is just some, you know, conspiracy theory, uh, the, the CDC and the FDA jointly run the VAERS system. So these are their own numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's, it's exponential, you know, 1.5 million adverse effects. And by the way, since the you know vaccine adverse event reporting system uh, came into existence. Uh, I wish I could find at my fingertips that 
1990, there it is, 1990. Uh, since 1990, when they came up with the VAERS reporting system, there have only been 2.4 million reports total. And of mm -hmm. them, 1.5 million are since COVID. Wow. Uh, and, you know, doctors right and left are coming out and saying, you know, we were duped, we trusted the science, but they don't mm -hmm. that the science is bought and paid for. And there was a satanic agenda behind this. And, you know, when we see people dropping like flies everywhere, I mean, that's a scary, scary uh, thing. Now, we don't, God's not given us a spirit of fear, so we're not, you know, condoning being afraid. But what I'm saying is people need to wake up to what's really happening. And boy, mm. the next time there's a pandemic of some kind, which they're already working on it, Bill Gates is telegraphing it, so are others. Um, whatever they tell you to stick in your arm, don't do it. Don't Absolutely. Do yeah. I mean, hopefully the next pandemic is going to be the rapture and we can all be out of here. So uh, this next part, um, and I'm going to circle back to what you discussed um, about all the symptoms of the vaccination. And so before I do that, let me just say this to piggyback off of that real quick, and then we'll get to bullet four that may upset people. And I'm okay with that. But um have you heard about people being around vaccinated people and getting symptoms? Yeah, that's like sore throat or headaches. So yeah, it's called shedding. I deal with it in my "What in the World Is Going On" series. By the way, we just uh, created that in DVD form. It was from last uh, two summers ago, but it's power packed. Eight videos. Uh, you can get it either as streaming or as a DVD set called "What in the World Is Going On." Two of the videos in it are dedicated to COVID, and I talked about this very issue called shedding. And uh, Lee Merritt and uh, several others, uh, Sherry Tenpenny uh, and others uh, have gone on record talking about the dangers of it. Um, you know, it's I don't think it's as serious as getting the vaccine yourself, uh, but it's kind of like secondhand smoke. You know, you, it's not good for you, but mm -hmm. it's certainly, you know, worse if you're inhaling the, the smoke, you know, yourself and smoking cigarettes yourself. So, uh, yeah, it's it's something to be concerned about, um, you know, for sure. So do you want to read the quote on 170 or would you like for me to? Yeah. So let's see. Oh, oh the Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. Let me grab that. Um, you want to you want to just make it a soft landing, though, for those who, you know, still kind of. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, Trump, I, I'm growing, you know, less and less patient in my old age with people <laughs> that, you know, uh, just cannot move beyond their their uh, blind allegiance. Uh, but. Let's not forget, uh, and we don't even really need to read the quote, but let's just not forget that on Friday the 13th, March 13th, 2020, Donald Trump declared a national emergency. And it is that national emergency that has led to every single major decision trickle down, both at the national and state levels. And by the way, Biden recently announced that they're, they're going to do away with it, I think, in May of this year. Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to me, Kim, because... You know, what are they making way for? They, they want to be able to say, look, we told you this emergency declaration was temporary. We feel like we've gotten beyond the, the crisis, so we're going to do away with it. And that way, next time when there's another crisis, which, of course, is completely provocateur and made, you know, planned that way ahead. Um, we have smoking gun evidence in the book that the COVID pandemic was planned 22 years in advance. Uh, but anyway, uh, the next time they'll be able to say, see, trust us, you know, we're not just trying to overreach and, and exert power that we don't have. We're simply, 
you know, trying to, uh, you know, to, you know, do what's necessary to protect you. And they'll have some clout in that regard because they can say, see, we released the, you know, the last national emergency. But that national emergency, again, you know, Friday the 13th, March 13th, 2020, is ongoing. And it affects everything, even like the student loan relief, debt relief, uh, all the state governors that are able to become kings and decree things. I was sounding the alarm about that, you know, way back during the early days of the pandemic, when everyone was singing the praises of people like uh, Roy Abbott and Ron DeSantis and others. I was saying, careful what you wish for, because just because you might happen to agree with the the executive orders and the decrees that these kings issue, uh, it's still a dangerous precedent because the next time when you, someone wants to issue a decree that you might not like, you, you can't claim they're being unconstitutional, which, of course, they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, Trump, um, you know, I, I promised in volume one that I would have more to say about Trump and my perspective on him in volume two, which I did uh, several pages. Uh, I don't have a whole chapter on it, but it's it's tucked within the chapter on fake elections. Um, mm-hmm. But I encourage folks to read that. The bottom line is uh, Trump was a pawn in the game, to be sure. Uh, they needed someone of his ilk in there to be able to roll out the vaccine because if they had had Hillary Rodham Clinton as president and she stood up and announced to the whole country that you have to stop worshiping Jesus on Easter Sunday and you can't leave your homes and you have to wear a mask and you can't go to restaurants and you can't buy food and you can't gather in your church parking lot to sing praises without being arrested like they were in Idaho. Uh, th- there would have been, you know, complete civil war. But because, you know, a Republican did it uh, and he had such a massive following, a populist following, People complied. Not everyone, but most did. Uh, But we also need to look at other evidences, like the fact that he put Alex Azar, whom I mentioned earlier, in as his uh, health and human services uh, secretary. Well, who's Alex Azar? None other than the former uh, high, you know, level uh, executive with Pfizer. Uh, And, uh, you know, he was uh, formerly worked for what, what did I say? Eli Lilly. He was the vice pre- senior vice president of corporate affairs and communications. And Trump chose him to lead the, uh, you know, the health and human services organization. Uh, uh, Eli Lilly, by the way, is the drug company that started the MK Ultra, and uh, you know, let, let out in the, all the psychotropic drugs that are destroying young people's lives. So, no surprise that they would target young men with the COVID vaccine, since they were already targeting men with these psychotropic drugs like Prozac. Eli Lilly's the one that came up with Prozac. Uh, they also helped the CIA manufacture LSD, like I said, for MK Ultra. Uh, so, you know, that's who he picked for that. And then who did he pick uh, for, you know, to run Operation Warp Speed? Um, uh, none other than the, one of the board members from Moderna. Talk about a conflict of interest. I mean, this guy was on the board right up until he resigned to take over operation, you know, warp speed. And so uh, I wish I could think of his name. Uh, Anyway, it's in the book, but uh, so, you know, you you can only make the argument that Trump was just following his advice or listening to his advisors, or he didn't know any better. Well, he certainly knows now. (laughs) He certainly knows now after they discarded him with the fake election in 2020, because, you know, he, served his purpose. And now they were ready to put the placeholder Joe Biden in there, who's nothing more than a placeholder. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, at some point you have to sort of own the fact that, you know, you followed a guy that was a either witting or unwitting uh, pawn in this scheme. And he's still out there promoting the vaccine. And so either, all right, let's just play the devil's advocate. Let's just, let's just say that he was just duped, that he's misled or deceived or whatever you want to call it. Well, on an issue of this importance, given the overwhelming incontrovertible evidence that we now have in March of 2023 about the dangers of this vaccine and how it was completely planned in advance and rolled out, the fact that he wouldn't break free from his deception really concerns me. Is that really what we want in a leader, someone that's that easily deceived and even in the face of evidence is unwilling to admit they were wrong? Uh, I don't think so. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I appreciate people that certainly come at this from the perspective of, well, he's not Hillary. That, that's who people voted for. People voted for in 2020. They voted for not Hillary. And frankly, it could have been Satan himself, pitchfork and all, on the ticket, and they would have voted for him because he wasn't Hillary. And I think we need to recognize that you, sometimes you need to take a closer look at both candidates, and you'll find out what I talk about in volume two, uh, which is that these elections are not elections, they're selections. Mm -hmm. and, uh, they, they put in who they want to be to put in. So I'll stop ranting about Trump because you're probably going to get a bunch of hate mail, but you know, don't <laughs> take my word for it. I encourage folks to you know, to study for themselves. And I could be wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Uh, you know, maybe there's more at play here than what I uh, think, but it sure seems pretty straightforward to me. Agreed. And I, it took me a minute to really kind of swallow that pill. Um, I guess pun intended, you know, because I, I was a fan. And then when he did the, the vaccine, I, I kind of was like, what? Like he's part of that. Like you implemented that um so you had mentioned and i want to play this video i'm sure you've seen it i'm sure many people online have seen it but there are some people who really get their news from us podcasters so um in this year i think it was the beginning of this year damar hamlin i'm sure everyone knows the buffalo bills right there on the field he collapsed and i don't know if you ever saw the interview with him and michael strahan um but i want to play that really quick and then from that, and, and I just, I want, so the podcast people, I know you're not going to be able to see it um, or the articles. I mean, some of the stuff I'm going to read, but this next portion, starting with this little snippet into the next video that I'm going to do um, of all the deaths from beginning of 2021 up until June of 2022, this is worldwide. Most of this is really across the pond and then you can see just the amount and then we're, i'm going to go through some article headlines really quick and i'm doing that for a reason because this part people have got to understand all we keep hearing about is sudden deaths sudden deaths they had a heart attack it's cardiac arrest this one that one and i'm going to put up some articles of um, celebrities that we've heard and uh, but i do want to play this to more hamlin because if people have not seen it there was twice that michael strahan asked him a question and twice his silence was literally deafening. It spoke volumes about what I believe he knew. I believe because NFL, right, they had to be vaccinated. And people like Aaron Rodgers, who took a stand and didn't get vaccinated, were shunned. Things happened to them. But I'm thankful he stood his ground, Aaron Rodgers. But I'm sure DeMar, like everyone else, stood in line and got vaccinated. And how many athletes have we been seeing that are dying? So if you would allow me, I'm going to get this set up and um, play this. I think maybe it's like a minute and a half. 
Let's go back to January 2nd. How were you feeling before the game and when you were out there? Normal? Super normal, feeling great. Can you tell me what you remember about the game up until the hit? I remember the things that we were focused on going into the game, just trying to get a win. So in the course of the game, you have the hit, you make the tackle. Do you remember standing up after you make that tackle? Um, it's so painful to watch. That's something I don't really want to get too deep into in the details of. After Hamlin was discharged from the ICU, the question on so many minds, what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24, peak physical condition, could run circles around me right now. <laughs> <laughs> How did doctor describe what happened to you? Um, um, that's something I want to stay away from. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. That's just painful to watch because his face, especially that last question, his face just speaks volumes. So before I lead into everything else, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I have a theory um, and I've heard, you know, other people experts that have sort of validated this but i don't know that there's really any way to prove it because we're not on the inside but uh, it goes back to what i said earlier about not all of the vials of the vaccine are tainted um mm -hmm. but you know since we know this was planned way in advance and and rolled out uh i believe that for m most uh major mainstream uh sports like the nfl which is the most popular sport in the world uh nba and major league baseball they either got placebos or faked getting the vaccines. We know it's now on record. It's been in, in, you know, in parliament in the UK, they've talked about it in other, uh, you know, European countries, they've talked about it on record under oath that the, all the major world leaders did not get it. They faked getting it. In fact, even, I believe even uh, Fauci faked it. You remember back when the early days of it, they were showing on main, on mainstream TV, all these people like Trump and Fauci and, Others, you know, getting yeah, on TV. Well, mm -hmm. so, so Fauci gets it on one of the morning shows, Good Morning America or something like that. And they show him getting it. And then a couple hours later, he's on another news show because, you know, he was ubiquitous. He was on, you know, almost 24-7. So a couple hours later, he's on another show and they're asking him how he's feeling. And he grabs the wrong arm and says, oh, it, it's feeling a little sore, but it's going to it's OK. Well, how do you forget two hours later which arm you got the vaccine? And well, it's because you didn't get it. That's my so I think uh, somehow Hamlin uh, and we may never know, probably got, uh, you know, a tainted vaccine. And, 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 and could, you know, and that, that what we saw was the result, like so many thousands across the world, uh, whereas the reason we don't see a high percentage of NFL players and, and NBA players and the like falling over on the field, the way we do college athletes and other you know, soccer players and other players mm -hmm. in other sports that are less public is because they want us. They, they use the NFL as a conduit for propaganda and mind control. And they, they, that they use it to advance the woke LGBT agenda or the black lives matter agenda. So they didn't want to do anything that would somehow injure their ability to use that as a tool. That's my theory. Uh, maybe I'm crazy, but uh, you know, there's there's no way that with as many people uh, that got the vaccine worldwide, uh, there's no way that all of them 
were were tainted. And yet some people die, you know, within minutes, died literally within minutes of getting the jab. We've got tons of people like the movie died suddenly, the the uh, documentary died suddenly shows that, you know, they're giving a press, nurses and doctors are giving press conferences minutes after getting the vaccine and they're collapsing on the stage. Yeah. Uh, that just does not happen in the great degree of numbers and uh, that we, you know, with other vaccines that we're seeing with COVID. Agreed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some, and I know this kind of is against my OCD. It's going to look tacky on the screen, but I thought my overlays would work and we can just remove each other from the stream. And, but no, that just doesn't work. So I pardon my non fanciness this week, guys. So this first one, it says huge, huge number um, insurance group sees death rates up 40% over pre pandemic levels. Yep. This next one here is healthy young people are dying suddenly and unexpectedly from a mysterious syndrome as doctors seek answers through a new national register. So I want you to talk about that. Do you know anything about that national register? Because to me, that was very alarming when I seen that. Article. Yeah. So it's, the, you know, they're calling it SADS. Uh, they have sudden infant death syndrome. Uh, which, by the way, a lot of that was based on the chemicals they were putting in infants. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, we know someone who personally took, you know, their child died at, you know, within a few days of getting the vaccines. You know, when you stick foreign chemicals into these babies at birth, it's just it's just unconscionable. And we did mm -hmm. it. I'm, you know, I feel guilty myself. But to think that somehow for 5,900 years, human beings were able to give birth without big pharma's help. And now suddenly in the last hundred years, we start mm. doing it and look at all the effects of it. But yeah, they're calling it SADS, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome, and uh, all kinds of anecdotal reports that, that validate this. Uh, you've got the statistics from the uh, database that you're talking about. You've got uh, uh, mortuaries talking about exponential increase in, uh, sorry, I keep rubbing my eyes. I'm just feeling like something's in the air here. Who knows what it is? But uh, okay. you know, we got increase in the number of caskets, especially child caskets. Uh, you know, uh, all of the uh, people that perform the autopsies are talking about the blood clots that they've never seen before in almost every corpse that they, uh, you know, vaccinated corpse that they have. So, yeah, the, the evidence is overwhelming for sure that we are seeing you know, an unbelievable spike in deaths. And that's exactly what I predicted, not just me, but, you know, anybody that took the time to look at the research uh, a year ago, that as these vaccines take root and more and more boosters are given, we're going to see an increase in deaths. And, and that's the part of the depopulation agenda. Remember, those who hate God love death. Absolutely. So I'm going to go through some more here. Um, no age group is reliable, um, is reliably safe. So, and it's hard for me to do this. So I have to move my camera real quick. So hold on one second. This is right in the middle of my, so you can get to see my blue light back there with my blankie. Significantly, the risk of some of these complications is stronger in younger adults at the other end of the spectrum. A huge study found that COVID-19 increased the risk of developing Alzheimer's in those 65 and older by 50 to 80%. And that was in people with no previous diagnosis. Researchers believe that COVID-19 infection induces a, uh, how do you say that word, prothrombic? Prothrombic, I don't know how to say it. Do I'm you not, know how to say yeah. that word? Pro, yeah, prothrombotic. Prothrombotic. Yeah. Um, what does that word mean? Well, uh, positive uh, throm 
you know, thrombotic response. Pro just means positive, like pro-inflammatory, uh, um, so forth. I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't give the textbook definition of thrombosis, but uh, it's, a, it's saying it's, it's inducing that or causing that or leading to that. Gotcha. And pro-inflammatory state, which may increase the risk of blood clots, what you just talked about, in a cohort study of 48 million adults in England and Wales just published. So a lot of the stuff that I got, um, and I know we live here in America, but, you know, England and Wales, actually, their numbers have skyrocketed. Then it says here, I'm going to skip down to the third paragraph, second sentence, a study that included data from over a million pediatric patients found that adolescents ages 18 and younger had a 72% increased risk of developing type one diabetes in six months following their COVID um, infection. That risk isn't limited to children. It's being seen in adults too. So I know that sounds like that was from the um, just the COVID, but in more in that article, it was also talking about the shot. Then it says here in a huge analysis of more than 30,000 vaccinated patients who had experienced COVID breakthrough infections pre-Omicron, scientists found that six months later, even the vaccinated incurred a higher risk of death and debilitating long-term COVID symptoms in, um, involving multiple organs, the lungs, heart, kidney, brain, and others when compared to controls without evidence of SARS-CoV infection. Um, this one here just broke my heart, a 17-year-old daughter of an Illinois uh, congressman who died in her sleep in June was felled by sudden cardiac arrhythmia. Mm. Um, she was fine, and then her heart stopped. So this family was devastated over that. Uh, quote, she had just come home from an evening with friends, went to bed, and didn't wake up. And then this is the stuff that we're hearing day in and day out. Again, according to International Olympic Committee data, an average of 29 athletes under the age of 35 suffered sudden death per year from 1966 to 2004. From March 2021 to March 2022, 769 athletes have died or suffered cardiac arrest. Sudden yeah, death. So, and so, oh, so, say that, say that again. I mean, that's the people need to, to, to hear that 20, an average of 29 athletes per year, according to the international Olympic committee died from 1966 to 2004. And yet mm -hmm. from March 21 to March 22, a one year period, 769 athletes have died or suffered cardiac arrest. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Uh, that number, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and I think, um, and I'm rushing just cause I have so much that I want to go, but these numbers, and it only gets worse in that video montage that I made. Um, th this is just, it's crazy. All the death that we're seeing. So this one here, sudden death in young people, heart problems often to blame. So hi, do you like to see me there? That's great. Isn't it? So <laughs> since when, and I don't know how to fix it. I'm going to leave this in because that's just me, but because the camera sits right in the middle of the screen and yep. I can't, so I, so that way I can see you, but if I have stuff, I usually bring it to my laptop, but I didn't think about that. I probably could do that. Actually. I can just add me to the studio. Um, that way I don't have to move that camera, but, um, but you so, know, one, one thing that, that is, is really interesting about the way the media is spinning this, and, and by the way, I'm not saying for a second that every member of the media is complicit in this, but they are mm -hmm. controlled. Uh, I believe a lot of these doctors really believed uh, what they were saying. I talked to my doctor uh, mm -hmm. in the early days of it, and he said, oh, I said, how, how do you think, uh, why do you believe they're going to be able to come up with a, a SARS-CoV-2 vaccine when they haven't ever come up with one for SARS-CoV-1? 
And he goes, mm-hmm. oh, well, I just believe the brightest minds in the world are going to be behind this and they'll be able to come up with one. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, he's not exactly, you know, drinking blood or sacrificing children like the top tier Luciferians. He just. Right. Believes it. And so the same thing is true, I think, for many of the media. They they're part of, you know, Operation Mockingbird. They're they're given their scripts to, to read and to say, but they, they just don't know any better. But, you know, one of the things that the media is now doing is completely flipping the narrative. If you remember back in the early days of COVID, they were, you know, counting every death as a COVID death to scare mm-hmm. people and to inflate the numbers. I mean, there were stories all over the place. You know, a guy gets killed in a motorcycle accident. He died of COVID. You know, a person is 97 years old and been on hospice care for seven days and is about to breathe their last and dies and he died of COVID. You know, just yeah. things like that. And so when, you know, honest researchers were pointing out all the comorbidities and saying, well, did that person really die of COVID or did they die mm-hmm. with COVID? First of all, you mm-hmm. can't even believe the tests because they, they came out later in the CDC said that the PCR tests can't even distinguish between COVID and the flu. But let's assume the tests are accurate. You know, if you test someone post-mortem and it says they have COVID, did they really die from it? Not necessarily. They could have died right. from a car accident. So, but now as it relates to the vaccine, they're saying just the opposite. All these people are dropping dead or gaining, you know, having serious injuries from taking the COVID vaccine. And they're saying, oh, no, no, that's just a coincidence. That's a COVID, uh, that's a comorbidity or that's a, a, you know, unrelated corollary. You know, this person like with the, with the Hamlin thing, you know, who knows if, mm-hmm. if he had the vaccine or not, it's none of our business, but it's certainly what they're trying to spin it is they're saying, even as you saw in the clip that you played with, uh, you know, the, the interviewer there, Strahan, he said, well, t- describe the moment when you got the hit. Well, it, they're, they're trying to claim that he was hit in just that precise millisecond of a way yeah. that it caused a heart attack. Well, listen, if that's all it takes, how come we haven't seen more than that? You know how many times a football right. player is hit in a game and you, you know, multiply that by the number of people on the team, the number of people in the other team, number of games a year, number of games mm-hmm. like preseason practice. You, you, you would just the law of large numbers. You'd see more people dropping dead because <laughs> they got hit in the precise way and you Correct. just see it. So yeah. they're spinning it and saying that all these vaccine deaths are something else. Whereas mm-hmm. all the COVID deaths, no, they were really from COVID and it's, it's just, you know, diabolical. It is. And I, I mean, I, I think Billy Crone is the one who said it um, because I know that you, you know, that I didn't see you in Orlando. I watched Jeff Kinley in, instead. So hopefully you can forgive me for that. Um, I wasn't a very good friend, but I, I never heard Jeff. So anyway, well, but well, hey, um, uh, Jeff, I'm sure, I'm sure after watching Jeff, you came away <laughs> recognizing that he's your second favorite speaker. So that's good. I'm happy with that. <laughs> He is. Well, really, I guess he would be my third because oh. Andy Woods is, I think, well, before him. Yeah, so, but um, yeah, it, it pained me not to hear you because I heard nothing. And then when it was done, I was like, ah, oh, I guess I should have went in there because people were just like, I didn't know all that. I didn't know. I'm like, oh, JB, it's a plethora. You know, I love that word <laughs> of knowledge. I love my word plethora. Okay. So sudden death. And yeah, I already read that. Okay. Never mind. Let's do this one. Okay, so we all know about Bob Saget. What are your thoughts on him? Well, so, you know, I remember when he died, it, it was uh, suspicious circumstances, what, in a hotel room, I think, or maybe Correct. a condo or something. In New York. Mm-hmm. He was just um, got done doing a show that night. Yeah, yeah. So I think there is, there are a lot. And he of, was vaxxed. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yes. No, there are a lot of these people that are dying 
that we may never know the, the real story. And of course, mm-hmm. they don't want us to know. Uh, that's why I really believe they tried to insulate famous people and world leaders and athletes and others, because, you know, it's one thing if, you know, some 16 year old girl in suburban America tragically dies, that's heart wrenching, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't gain the attention. And, and the case in point is Hamlin. I mean, here's, you know, one football player uh, who until that accident was, was never even, no one even really knew of him unless you followed the bills and yet it gained worldwide attention. And I think that's what would have happened mm-hmm. if a lot of these others had, you know, had died in the same mm-hmm. way. So I think, I believe they insulated a lot of the famous people and athletes and world leaders. Uh, but there are still a few of those that, that we know mm-hmm. are on record, like, you know, the Bob Saget's of the world. Yeah. And we also had this one. I don't know if you know who Coolio is. Am I dating myself? He's uh, the black rapper rapper. Um, he had like a couple of hits. Um, I can't think of off the top of my head, but he was a funky rapper. He wasn't like all nasty with his mouth. And stuff. yeah. Um, the, like the dreads and stuff. And then Ivanka Trump, she was another one Ivanka. that reportedly went into cardiac arrest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and then this one really broke my heart. This doctor here has said, goodbye, Papa. I promise you. And I've been following this doctor on Twitter. I promise you with all my heart, I will ensure that your premature passing will not be in vain and that we achieve justice for those who have suffered unnecessarily from the MRNA jab that would show like uh, that. I'm sorry, that should likely never have been approved and certainly not without informed because on consent. So that really, I was like, wow. And, um, that kind of hit the core. So this one here, uh, again, this is from England. So former English league footballer dies at age 44 following suspected heart attack. And then I have this chart up here. Um, I want people of course, watching the video on the podcast, sorry, head on over to rumble. Um, the cause of death right here, this, that huge spike that we can see it's clear as day. This is again, England and Wales, not America. Um, huge spike. Do you happen to know the spike in America? Well, we saw, you know, the one statistic you put up earlier, I don't know the exact number, but it's, uh, from various precincts reporting, it is huge. It is, uh, exponential. It's not, it's, it's beyond being a statistical aberration. It is, it mm-hmm. is something is going on and, you know, I think it's only going to get worse. Um, but the other thing is people are waking up to this doctors and others. And so, that to me is, is, is more proof that they're going to need to do something else to distract soon because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they can't let this, you know, keep going uh, with more and more, you know, people exposing the lies, more people coming off, you know, uh, from behind the scenes and letting us know what was really happening. Doctors, nurses, people at Pfizer, people at Moderna. So, I mean, the jig is up to be sure. Mm-hmm. And so I think they, they sense the urgency of the hour. I have a chapter in volume two, the red book that you see on the screen there, uh, that talks about the Luciferian timeline and what they're saying is their timetable. And they're really pushing hard for the finish line by 2030. And yeah. I think, you know, they if they don't do something soon, they're going to they're going to get a setback, which we hope they do. We hope that the Lord, you know, thwarts their plans and that we allow more time for people to come to faith and uh, mm-hmm. you know, believe the gospel and so forth. But um but, you know, they're they're losing their grip. And when they get desperate, you know, uh, 
you know, when, when people have nothing left to lose, they, they lose it. And that's, that's what these Luciferians are doing. They were pleased with the outcome of the pre-planned control of virus scamdemic. Uh, but they have much bigger things in store if, uh, if they get their way. They will. So what I want to do, and I, I, we don't have time for it cause I just noticed the time. So I was going to play two snippets from some doctors, but you just said that the doctors are waking up, but I do want to play. And I think it's maybe about two and a half, maybe three minutes long. Again, all of the deaths from the beginning of 2021 through June, 2022. And I'm just going to play that video on the screen for a little bit. And then I'm going to, we'll dive into um, the last two bullets. So you got time for that or do you need to go and we can. Yeah, I've got, I got till 730 is what I carved out. So I got. Okay. Bullet. All right. Let me go ahead and get this um, set up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's some, of course, you know, for the audio only folks, you'll have to, you know, edit that out or do something. But, yeah. On the podcast. So yeah, for those I, listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's powerful. Over. I mean, and of course, you know, the, this people that are self-deceived and just convinced that the government would do us no harm and that there's nothing to this, they're, they're going to try to make arguments like, Oh, well, you know, you could see the same number of people dying back in the seventies or the eighties or the nineties, or even well, before, you know, in the early two thousand for COVID. Well, great. Go back and find me those, stories from mainstream news, even just go back five years ago, you know, mm -hmm. when we still had the same massive internet presence and online news, mm -hmm. and you put together a montage from pre 2021 uh, and show me, you know, yeah. okay, show me that's not that, that you're not going to be able to find it. Uh, yes. People die. I understand that, but that's mm -hmm. not, yes, not healthy people. Um, no. You know, the vaccine is, is causing serious, serious uh, uh really progress in the depopulation agenda it is and like billy crone said and he said it with such passion I, I i don't know if you heard him i don't know i don't think you were teaching at that time you may have i don't know but like he said if this was your family that's the problem it's not their family right. it's other people's family and yeah. he said it with of course we all know that but again that is not even jb that that stopped i i believe in june I yeah. think that's what the, I, it went fast for a reason because I couldn't just sit there. The thing would have been 20 minutes long. Oh, so yeah. I had to just keep it on fast forward. But can you imagine now if we, they did something from August until current day, that number would, there would be more slides. Yeah. I mean, Billy, he did a phenomenal job kicking off the conference, that opening session, which, you know, really brought mm. me in, um, nearly brought me and my wife to tears. Just, you know, once again, really focusing on the dangers of this, but he made the, a great analogy. And I've made this before myself uh, between the Holocaust mm -hmm. and, and the vaccine and how back in the day, people naively, including many churches lined up to get on the trains. And, and today they lined up to get on the, uh, you know, the, to get the vaccines. And we saw it, you know, where we live in mm -hmm. Colorado, they set up these portable tent cities all around malls and stuff with where you could have cars driving through. People would wait in line two hours to get, you know, to get their vaccine and I, and I just, it was just sickening because I knew, you know, what, what was going on. And he just wanted to, you know, do like Proverbs says and, and rescue those that are headed to the slaughter. But, you know, these mm -hmm. are adults, they have to make their own decisions. And sometimes you just can't, you know, you can't wake them up. But I tell you what, you know, this is, uh, this is part of the Luciferian agenda. And it was a big mm -hmm. one. In the same way that 9-11 was a game changer, uh, the same way that World War II was a game changer, the same way that the turn of the 20th century with the Rockefeller takeover of education and medicine and the economy with the Federal Reserve, 2020 was a complete 
turning point in the Luciferian uh, agenda. And mm -hmm. I encourage folks to pick up the books and, and find out for themselves. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, even the last two times you were on, I mean, these are very, very deep books and um, you know, I've said that to you before, like there's some things that I just <laughs> didn't agree on because I couldn't swallow the red pill. I, I think, I don't know, blue pill, whatever the pill it was. And then after even our discussion in Orlando or actually in Claremont, even speaking with Wendy, um, you know, about the, the modification of the weather in the last three days, it's been hazy and the weather here, everything is different. The air has been different between red tide, the pollen, no rain and whatever they, I guess they are spraying. So yeah. it's happening. Well, so we I, only have, go ahead. real quick on that note, yeah. uh, Tuesday night, we do a prophecy night in Denver. It's called prophecy night uh, and very creative name. Uh, but anyway, uh, last How did Tuesday, you come up with that name. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while. Uh, so Tuesday night, we the whole show was dedicated to setting the stage atmospherically and geologically. And I dealt extensively with geoengineering and this stuff about spraying in the skies. So I encourage mm -hmm. folks to check out that video at notbyworks.org on the videos tab. Uh, or you can listen to the podcast. Uh, it's, I think, two podcasts ago from from two days ago. Yeah, I'll definitely take a listen again because uh, I, I think I'm 95% there. Yeah, That was a tough one. Yeah. Okay, so I want to end this. We have five minutes. So I want to read two things. I'm going to read from a quote from page 169 and then finally on page 171. So famous investigative journalist Anthony Patch did years of research concerning the plans of the elite to control the world by means of manufactured pandemics and mandatory vaccines. Now, this was not done in 2020. This was actually during an interview in 2014. Hear that date. 2014. Patch predicted the following. Quote, they will release a man-made virus. 2014, guys. As a result, the people will demand a vaccine to protect them. I'll say it one more time. 2014. This vaccine will add a third strain of DNA to a person's body essentially making them a hybrid. Once a person is injected, almost immediately their DNA undergoes a transformation. This genetic change will cause people to lose the ability to think for themselves without them even being aware this happened. Thus, they can be controlled easier to become slaves for the elite. So talk about that really quick. And then I'm going to close on a little snippet here that you wrote that Reminds me of the rapture. Yeah, this is in chapter nine, the big chapter on vaccines and big pharma. And it's under a section where I just rolled out a bunch of other evidence of predictive programming. And, you know, one of the Luciferian credos is that they have to tell you in advance what they're going to do, but they always do it in subtle ways, usually through te television or movies and things. And you don't ever make the connection until after it's already happened. Uh, so I, I just asked the question after, you know, giving that quote from uh, Anthony Patch, you know, was he making it all up? Had he uncovered evidence that no one else knew about? Was he, uh, you know, a conduit for them to, to tell people about it? You know, you, we may never know. But yeah, this is, uh, you know, again, if, if you look at the evidence, you know, there's no question that this thing was pre-planned mm -hmm. uh, years and years in advance and rolled out right on cue. Absolutely. I mean, I know everyone's heard about what the event, you know, that took place in 2019 right before covid yeah event I mean, 201 in, in new mm -hmm. york yeah. mm -hmm. correct okay so I, I i personally believe jb that when the rapture happens i'm not going to go to my nine to five the next day 
I believe that the world is going to be in a chaotic mess, whatever that looks like. If you want to mirror it from the left behind series, so be it. But the world's going to be chaotic, whatever that looks like. Um, so on page 171, it was not just churches that were affected. Small businesses were closed. Public and private schools, colleges and universities were shut down. State and national parks and landmarks were closed. Public services and courtrooms. And then you just go into a whole bunch of stuff here. So my, my question to you is, let's just circle it back here to the rapture. We had this COVID thing. This vaccination thing has started. Um, I hopefully, I hope that the next prophetic huge event that's going to happen is the rapture um so if not though and it is another pandemic um what are your thoughts on that what do you think the world how chaotic do you think the next round's going to be well so it's interesting that you bring that up because in my uh message at orlando called uh bloodlust uh exposing the luciferian depopulation agenda I did a little exercise, I called it population reduction, where I made some assumptions and I said, let's assume there's 8 billion people on the earth today. And let's assume that 2 billion are Christians who are raptured. And I know that may be high, but I'm an optimist. Let's say that you know 2 billion of, of people on earth are Christians. Uh, and then let's assume that 2 billion of those left behind die from the immediate aftermath that ensues from the rapture. That means by the time the tribulation even starts with the rise of the Antichrist, you've already reduced the world's population by half. And then, yeah. you know, you look at all the devastation that comes through the sealed trumpet and bowl judgments. By the time Christ comes back at the Battle of Armageddon, by my estimates, based on my working assumption of, of how many people are on the earth today and how many of those are Christians, you know, we, we go from roughly 8 billion people to 1 billion people. So here's what I think in terms of uh, where we go from here. The Lord could come back at any moment. He could come back tonight. The rapture is imminent, means it could happen at any moment. If the Lord tarries his coming, uh, I know that the Luciferians are moving full speed ahead toward, you know, rolling out the, the new world order, their, their one world political, religious and economic system. And so if the Lord does tarry his coming, absolutely, we could find ourselves in very short order dealing with all kinds of mayhem and chaos. The next thing that I look for them to do is to completely bring down America. They've telegraphed that. They've talked about it. They set in motion certain events 120 years ago at the turn of the 20th century to bring us to this point. And they know that America is the one nation still standing in the way of a complete and total global dominance. And so they've got to bring us down. Uh, any number of ways they could do that, various weapons in their arsenal. But I think if the Lord doesn't come back soon, that's the those are the next dominoes to fall. But biblically, it's entirely possible I certainly hope not, but it's entirely possible that we could be living in some form of a one world system even prior to the rapture. Now, the Antichrist won't be revealed and take the helm of it until after the rapture, but that doesn't mean that you know we could already be in it. So I think it's more important than ever before for folks to, first of all, stay in the word of God, understand world history from a biblical framework and where we're headed. And I, I talked about that in my presentation. Both of these are available in podcast form on our podcast channels, but in my one called The Totalitarian Tiptoe, I talked about how from God's plan, according to scripture, it goes from a globalist environment in Genesis to a nationalist environment after the flood. We're still living in that nationalist you know, divine paradigm today, but we're going to return to a globalist paradigm again after the rapture. 
and ultimately it'll be it'll be satanic at first with the antichrist but eventually it'll be uh, you know a divine globalism with christ on the throne so globalism nationalism globalism that's god's plan so what we see playing out before our very eyes is is completely consistent with what god's word tells us Amen. So I always like to close it out. I know um, my subscribers like when I do it because I have a pastor on, I'm going to make you do it. So I always like to um, lead those who may not know the Lord um, as what exactly it means to come to faith in Christ. And then also I always usually close it out with a prayer. So guess what? You're in the hot seat this week, brother. You bet. I love it. So before I kind of give uh, a word of encouragement from God's word, let me remind folks they can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org spiritoftheantichrist.org. And that's where you can kind of familiarize yourself with these books. And if you decide it's something that you think you're interested in, you can purchase them right there. Uh, we're also on Amazon and other places, but it's, it's probably easiest just to go to spiritoftheantichrist.org. So the thing that matters most and the thing that we're passionate about at our ministry, Not By Works Ministries, is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. So if you hear nothing else that we've said tonight, Hear this, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and rose again to pay your personal penalty for sin. The Bible says everyone's a sinner. There's not a righteous person on earth who does what is right and never sins, Ecclesiastes 7.20. And so we're all in need of a Savior. The, the punishment for sin, just as God said it was in the beginning, is death. That means eternal separation from God in a literal place of torment called hell. And uh, no one has to go there. God doesn't want anyone to go there. He sent his only begotten son to the earth to, to die in our place, take our sins upon his shoulders and pay their penalty so that he can then offer uh, the gift of eternal life freely to anyone who'll take it. So if anyone ends up in hell, they have no one to blame but themselves. God is desperately trying to, to <clears throat> tell people to trust in him and accept the free gift. The Bible ends with the incredible invitation, whosoever will let him come drink freely of the water of life. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough. There's nothing you can do to buy it. It's got to be paid for by the blood of Christ. It's paid in full. But like any gift, you have to receive it. So I implore you tonight, if you've not trusted in Jesus Christ, trust in him as the only one who can save you. If you're a believer already listening to this, and I know uh, Life Clips has a, a huge audience of, of believers, let me encourage you to stay in the word of God. You know, in 1 John 4, uh, where I get the premise for the whole Spirit of the Antichrist series, because that's where verse 3 says the Spirit of the Antichrist is already at work among us. The very first verse in that chapter reminds us to test the spirits and to be not deceived. And the very next verse after verse three says, you know, don't forget that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world in first John four, four. So I encourage you to stay in the word, uh, strip away the, the blinders of what uh, the great deceiver is trying to do in the world today and see things through the lens of scripture. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the closing word. Let me close us in prayer and then we'll uh, wrap up. Father, thank you so much for Kim and for what you're doing in, in her life and the way you're using her. Thank you for the privilege of serving you with Not By Works Ministries and Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone within the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, that the gospel would do its work, the, the power of God to salvation, as you say, and it would pierce hearts and convict uh, those listening of their need for a savior. And so... I pray that uh, the gospel would go forth. And I pray that for those who already know you, this podcast, though it covered a lot of difficult uh, material and uh, in some ways maybe hard to believe material, I pray that it would drive folks to the truth, drive them to study these things for themselves and, and, and not stick their head in the sand and be prepared for, for what lies ahead. And we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
Amen. All right, brother, you've been a pleasure as always. So yeah. we'll connect again in probably a few months, whatever down the road, Lord willing, if we're all still here. And as I always end my podcast, until I see you guys either here, there, or in the air, we'll see you later. Amen. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To find out more information, go to lifeclipspodcast.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Do you have questions, comments, or concerns? Send an email to questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. Until next time, family, I will see you here, there, or in the air. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.